Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. If I am repetitive from yesterday, I apologize, but there just are some things I'd like to talk about that was discussed uh, from Sam Pittman's press conference from uh, a little bit more than 24 hours ago. Well, you can and ask that, him. You can you can call him Sam. We did that yesterday. Marcus asked a question as if he was Sam Pittman, so you can do that if you want to. That was fun. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, I don't know where to go from there. Um, that was concerning the 85 scholarships. There was the mm-hmm. suspicion or belief that Arkansas may have actually been won over. As it turns out, Coach Pittman says the number is actually 84. Yeah, and actually I got a little bit of clarification on that after uh, I came off the air on how that works out exactly. So they are they do have 86 players paying for their scholarships this semester. However, when Jackson Woodard and Harper Cole were put on scholarship, uh, I believe during or after the spring, Arkansas was actually under the total last year. So they were able to retroactively kick back those scholarships, as Sam Pittman would put it, uh, to last year. So retroactively apply that, and so the funds that they get for last year, they're able to apply to this year, if that makes sense. So neither of those are, you know, I don't think there's any promises moving forward on those scholarships, but that's how it works out to where Arkansas is technically at 86, but really at 84. Okay. (laughs) So Did that make any sense at all? Do they get money then? Do they get their scholarships being paid for in right. 2022? Yeah, well, they get they get they get scholarship money to basically pay for last year. It it all works out the same because they weren't on scholarship last year, so it's retroactively applied to last year, and so they get the money and I, they'll just I guess pay that money for this year. Okay. Um. So how do they negotiate the number if it's actually 86? Mm-hmm. How do they get around the 85 then? Well, because those players, it was retroactive. They were under the 85 last year. So they were at, I guess, at 83 last year, 83 scholarship players. So they were able to count them for, the, for last year. Okay. Whether they're right. getting money for last year, for being on scholarship last year or, or this year, they're getting the same amount of money. And they can use it whichever they want. Right. right. They can okay. pay for last year's school or this year's yeah. school. Okay. Let's just think, just think about it like this. They were put on scholarship last year, and they're not on scholarship this year. How about that? That makes okay. it easier. Okay. I mean, the kids had already paid for it. So right then, so they'll they'll get reimbursed 
Right. So that's it. Okay. All right. And they'll so. apply it to this year. Okay. And it'll all well, come out in the wash. Sense. Yeah. So in, t- all- in, in technical terms, then they're not on scholarship this year. Nothing's promised moving forward is what I was told. Okay. All right. With those two players. Yeah. So then that would make the number 85 on the nose? 84. 84. Right. There's still one to go. So we're now gonna, things, may, things may work out. A scholarship player may drop off, and they may be able to apply that to both of them, moving forward. But right now, they were put on. They were retroactively put on scholarship last year. Well, I'm glad I asked this question because obviously <laughs> it must have been in question yesterday. Well, we did, you know we didn't press him like you are. Uh, this could last the whole segment here if we're trying to figure out 86, 84, 83, 82, 81. We just well, no, I'm, I'm, but Trey, I'm just... Trey has a logical explanation, but it's it's still confusing because, because what I read is... I read every day. I read mm-hmm. all the way up until four o'clock. Yeah. I read hogsports.com. I'm always yeah. looking for the breaking stories. Yeah. And uh, I know that I can find them on hogsports.com. And Trey had dedicated not one but two different uh, articles concerning scholarship distribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them was extremely, extremely detailed, going position by position. And then the other one was the explanation of, of uh, actually three. When you throw in how Dorian Gerald ended up on scholarship, mm-hmm. and that was yeah, I believe Curtis wrote that one, but yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. I think that just that just worked out the way it worked out. Also, with just with having that extra spot, and they didn't know if he was going to get cleared medically or if he was going to get a waiver, and it looks like cleared in both categories, so they were able to welcome him back and. You know, it's a special situation with Dorian. I mean, he's been in – I mean, he's about to be seven years removed from high school coming up this year, um, which would – you know, that's pretty rare. Uh, Now, he he spent two years in junior college, so they haven't all been at Arkansas. But um, that's – I've never heard of a seventh-year player. No. And I don't guess there would ever have been one because of COVID, the COVID year being forgiven. We we kind of – laughed about this yesterday is because he be could he how close could he be to his phd but you know the other funny thing is if he's already got his master's instead of taking classes could he be a graduate assistant instructor (laughs) i mean that that's what they do right yeah wouldn't that be something he's playing but yet he's a grad assistant instead of instead of taking courses teaching them you know it could happen They yeah, do use graduate so. interns to teach. Now, I, I don't do. know if you can do that and be you eligible. You got us all stumped on that one, Rick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I mean, I don't I know guess. if you can do that and be eligible. I, I don't know that one. But that would be a unique – who else is – as Trey just pointed out, there's never been a seventh-year senior. We don't, we don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, the question is, how many times has he walked across the stage? Yeah. And then how many times, you know, has he been honored at halftime on senior day? You know, three or four different times, but uh, no, just kidding. He'll be the uh, Razorback football player closest to Social Security when he finishes in history. (laughs) Okay. Um, A commitment to the Mm -hmm. class of 2023. That brings, what, up to 13 or 12? 12. 12. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah, puts him at 12. And this is a guy that they really like, Isaiah Augustov. I guess is how you say it, A-U-G-U-S-T-A-V-E, Augustov. Uh, 6'2", 200 pounds, a uh, guy who had like 24 scholarship offers uh, from around the country, a lot of SEC offers from Naples, Florida, uh, who's on campus right now. And I, Arkansas really likes him. From what I was talking to Danny about him, um, obviously they like him. They took a commitment from him. They're, they're in on some really big running backs. But I was talking to Danny about it. They had about – three total running backs locked and loaded in the chamber. In fact, um, one of them told Danny he was ready to jump on board quickly. And Danny had, uh, uh, you know, we call it a shell where we pre-write an article just to, just to have it ready in case something breaks. Uh, Danny had that story ready on this other running back. And, um, you know, they can't take them all. And the way we were kind of – it was relayed to us is – Arkansas would take two running backs in the class or one great one. If they felt like they got one that was really great, then they would just take one. And from what we understand now is this is the only running back they plan on taking in the class. So they must really, really like him. Um, you know, he's a big kid at 6'2", 200, a legitimate four five one in the 40-yard dash, um, plays very high level of competition in Naples, Florida, and uh, – they got him on campus for a visit and and locked him up. He's number 666 ranked player in the country. Um, I know Arkansas, and I've, I've talked to a couple others from other schools who feel that he is vastly underrated also. So we could possibly see him moving up in the rankings also. I mean, he has 24 offers. Florida State was one of them. He took three official visits to Florida State. After his first one, they offered him a scholarship. Uh, I guess and he just there's something – he did, I mean, you think of Florida all being close. Naples, Florida, and Tallahassee are six and a half hours away, so it's not like it's it's not like it's right down the road. I always say, you know, Naples is in South Florida, and you know when we're talking about like kids in Miami, a little farther south. I always said I thought it was interesting when Brett Bielma first got to Arkansas and they were recruiting the heck out of Miami. And the thing about Miami is they're far from everybody. You know, past coaching staffs, we've seen them, like, recruit Pensacola area and stuff like that because they figure they're a little bit closer. But, you know, all those kids are close to Alabama and Auburn and those schools and stuff. But Miami's only close to Miami, really. So um, maybe maybe some some thinking and, and that approach to recruiting him. But they got him on campus, and uh, and uh, he he made a quick decision. Is Jimmy Smith the man? I mean, Jimmy Smith does talks. a good job. Good yeah, yeah. I'll never forget when I, I had my first sit-down one-on-one interview with Sam Pittman not long after he was hired, and I was asking him about some of the coaches and stuff, and he said, when you first meet Jimmy Smith, you're going to love him. You're going to fall in love with him. And that's kind of what seems to happen. Um, I like the guy a lot too, but, you know, the recruits really seem to, I don't know, I think maybe his high school background has played a big role. And, you know, he's still a younger guy, or at least comes off pretty young. Um, and I, I just think that just meshes well and seems to be a really good evaluator of talent too. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Smith is, is has knocked it out of the park really when it comes to not just running back recruiting but some of all the other uh, connections that he's built and, you know, Jaden Hazelwood is another example. Jaden Hazelwood wouldn't be at Arkansas right now if it weren't for Jimmy Smith. 
He's the man. I mean, it seems like every, everything he touches right now turns to gold. And uh, so uh, let's talk to uh, Drew. Drew, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, first, a couple questions. Uh, first, on uh, Dorian Gerald, uh, mm-hmm. was he injury prone before he got to Arkansas, or did he just get hit with those? No, I mean, I know his last year at, was he South Dakota State? I can't remember exactly where he came out of junior college, but he had 12 sacks and was the number one ranked uh, strong side defensive end prospect in the country when he came out of, of junior college. Uh, so he, he did not have a, a history of injuries, and the injuries that he has had have all been pretty bizarre. Uh, I'll never forget when he came to Arkansas, he was just kind of like, you know, he didn't know what to do. It was his first day. They just jumped. Like, he got there, and they're handing him equipment to get out on the practice field. Like, that's how that's how late uh, he was. He didn't know where anything was, didn't know who anybody was hardly, aside from who he'd met on his official visit. Uh, he was way out of shape. He was like 280-something pounds and um, late and out of shape, uh, you know, basically. And then he started really contributing the last three games, two or three games. I think he started maybe the last two uh, his first year at Arkansas. The next year he had the, the neck injury. Um, then I believe it was a foot or a knee. I can't remember. It was a lower leg. But it, it, that was in the first game. Both of those happened in the first game. Uh, he was able to come back that next year and played some games. I think maybe he played in like six games total. Um, then last year he played in the first game and then he just kind of had a bizarre practice injury on a Tuesday. It wasn't even in the game. That's still one that's. Still, the only one, only a strain day order, or whatever you call it, that I've ever heard of. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. He's one. He's one. When you look at him, I mean, he he is built like a football player. I mean, that guy is a hawk. You just look at him, just in regular street clothes, just like he's wearing pads. But um, other questions uh, on AJ Green. How do you see him fitting in with this offense? With the way that they, we tend to seem to be going, you know bigger at uh, mm-hmm. at running back, and AJ's, you know, obviously a speedster. Do you think that they're, are they going to have more plays designed for someone like him that's not necessarily between the tackles back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they recruited Rashad DeBinion, who's kind of in a similar mold uh, in, this plas- in this past recruiting class. Um, they've offered other running backs that aren't, you know, just massive 225-pound guys also. So they have – they have different ideas of what they want to do running the ball. Um, my idea of what AJ, how A.J. Green will fit in is he'll have roles here and there, maybe plays that are specifically geared towards him. Um, but the primary rotation we're going to see, I think, is, is Rocket Sanders and Dominic Johnson uh, with A.J. Green sprinkled in there, at least starting out. And then stuff happens, you know. You get a back that's uh, banged up a little bit here and there or something, and that's why you always have to have three healthy running backs ready to go. Always feel good about your top three running backs. Um, And I could see, you know, situations where he emerges. I mean, uh, a couple years ago, you know, Rakeem Boyd was the guy, and or before that it was Devall Whaley, and then it was Rakeem Boyd, you know, kind of overtaking him, and then uh, Traylon Smith, Rakeem Boyd got banged up, and it's Traylon Smith is the is the featured guy, and then last year Traylon Smith comes in as the number one back, and really it was probably Dominic Johnson and Rocket Sanders as the top two backs, uh, you know, by midseason. 
So you never know what can happen, um, and a lot of it, you know, comes down to who stays healthy and who doesn't. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Great show. All right. Thank you, Drew. Let's check in with Pete. Pete, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. I do. Um, seems like Trey, and I guess my first thing, my first question is the new running back um, that uh, committed. What are his, is he a three, four star? I don't even know. Yeah, he's a three star. He is ranked the number 669 player in the country. Um, he's the number 30 running back on 24-7 sports. Reason I ask is I remember one thing that you always seem to feel strongly about, and if I'm putting mm. words in your mouth, feel free to tell me otherwise. But four you know, star the, bat, bat running back well, is the easiest yeah. position to evaluate. Yeah, yeah. You know, five stars typically they work out, and four and five, and like it just concern. Should it concern me? I mean, that it's a a three star tells me he's got to be a little bit of a reach, and we've been able to mm. get plenty of four stars. And then uh, I want to give you, uh, I guess, a pat on the back. You, you said a year and a half ago you commented that you thought J.D. Note would lead the SEC in, in uh, points per game at the end of the year before last. And I'm thinking there is no possible way. And you were pretty doggone close. So pretty nice close work there. Scotty yeah, Pippen I'll got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. People say I don't know enough about basketball, but uh, I do remember saying that several times last Who year. Who said that? But, uh, <laughs> ultimately, I was I was incorrect um, because uh, Scottie Pippen uh, led the league, uh, but uh, but he was he was second. Um, and I and I, that's another great point that I I say that all the time. Running back to me is the easiest position to evaluate. A guy can run or he can't. What I do know is that Arkansas coaches love this guy. Uh, or they wouldn't basically be, you know, kind of shutting it down at running back. Uh, another thing that I like about this guy, if it doesn't work out at running back, 6'2", 200, and pretty shredded. You know, this is a guy that could possibly play other positions if you felt like it wasn't going to work out at running back. Uh, so that's another thing to consider. You can do a lot with 6'2", 200, you know, whether it's in, in a 4'5", legitimate. So that's something to consider also. Uh you know, I, I think they, they'll give him every shot at running back, but um, if it doesn't, again, 6'2", 200, 4'5", there's other possibilities there. This is back to uh, Dorian Gerald from Kenneth by way of our Asher Ricker Service Company live in feedback. Uh, can you ask Trey, has he seen Dorian Gerald lately? Does he look in shape? Does he have any up-to-date measurables on him? The last time I saw Dorian is when he was getting helped off the field. I was at practice uh, when that injury happened. It was early in the practice on Tuesday. That's the last time I've seen him in person. Um, Dorian has been 265 for a long time. There was there was a misprint a couple of years ago that had him at like 280-something, mm. uh, and I, I actually asked him about that. He's like, I haven't been that weight since I first got to Arkansas. So I would expect him to probably – Check in around six three two sixty five or so, and hopefully have a healthy season. I mean, I think we're all everybody in college football should be pulling for Dorian Gerald. He has just had a string of bad luck, and it's unfortunate because he has a lot of talent. I'm not sure if he was going to be a starter last year or not, but when they were in a four two five, he was absolutely with this first group um, when they were when they came out of fall camp last year. 
Let's try to squeeze in Travis real quick. Travis, you got a quick question for Trey. Yes, sir. I, I wanted to go back to uh, AJ Green. I know you discussed kind of the role you thought he would have, and uh, I was mm-hmm. wondering. I mean, do you think that there possibly could be like a slot role for him? I mean, if Cam's good enough, I know you know more than most people yeah. on whether or not he's good at catching the ball. But I think a Tyree Kill, which obviously he's not Tyree Kill, but the speed that he has, do you think they'll find a way to get him on the field, especially with the receiving mm-hmm. core that we got this year? I think they'll find ways to throw him the ball, but I don't know that I would say let's let's put him at the slot. Um, I mean, you you do different things. You 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 motion guys in and out and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm thinking is like, how can they get Isaiah Satania on the field in the slot? (laughs) You know, uh, how do they get Bryce Stevens out there? Um, You know, because Jaden Hazelwood came out of the spring as the as the number one guy in the slot. So. I don't know if I would say let's figure out a way to get A.J. Green in the slot when you got Isaiah Satania also. And get Isaiah Satania on the field every opportunity you can. All right, yep. Trey, we'll talk to you tomorrow.